Welcome back to another edition of Inside Boxing Live. Mutual suspects are here with you. I'm Dan Canobio. He is the former ISKA kickboxing champion. He then moved up to 140 pounds and won a world title. Now he's an acclaimed author and chef and a new homeowner, Chris Algieri. How are you, Chris? Man, what a what an intro! I'm I'm, 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 I'm doing well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Making me feel good about my my myself today. And he's now a full time pundit. He's now a media guy. Every time I open up Instagram, Chris is promoting a fight, or he's either on John Boy Boxing, or he's Pro Box. He's on DAZN, ESPN. You're just the you're pretty much a media guy now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've become what I hate. You know, it is. I think that's what happens over time, right? <laughs> I hate what I've become. You're not. I hate what you're, I become. you're on our side. You're on our side. I've interviewed you during your career, and mm-hmm. now you're on our side. You know, you're you're talking. Well, to you fire. were one of you were one of the only guys I actually liked. So. I was actually talking about that yesterday, but in terms of who I like in the media, it's it's not not a lot of people. We'll get to a, some media stuff with Inway Fulton, something I did not like that I saw, but um, we're going to touch on a lot of topics today. Inway Fulton is coming up on us. Uh, Spence Crawford, we're going to be there in Las Vegas. We've teamed up with PPV.com. We're going to be giving away pay-per-views, five of them, uh, starting on Wednesday. That's, That's huge. Cool. That's we're doing cool. a lot of stuff with them. We're going to be out in Vegas, me, Ronnie, and and Chris. Uh, doing all sorts of of content. Uh, we have a really great Spence Crawford in ring demonstration coming to you uh, on Sunday. If you go on YouTube right now, you can see our NOA Fulton uh, breakdown. So there's a lot of content coming your way. I'm really excited to team up with PPV.com for our Vegas uh, coverage. But let's start with this news out of 135, 140. Uh, they are pretty much driving the bus in boxing, that that weight class. And as WBC makes Shakur Stevenson the mandatory for Haney, Mauricio Suleiman says that Haney has until July 21st, which is this Friday, to decide whether Shakur fight, will fight, um, excuse me, whether Haney will fight Shakur or Progre at 140. What happens if Haney doesn't answer that bell uh, uh, on Friday. Does anything happen? Like, this is such an interesting move from the WBC, but I do like it in a way because it gives us a little bit of structure, even though it doesn't seem like the rules apply to everyone. The same rules apply to everyone with the WBC. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm uh, Tyson Fury. The guy The guy doesn't have to fight for a year. He can go fight basically someone in another sport and go make tens of millions of dollars. Keeps the belt. How, how, does, how does that work out? And now Haney has, you know, a couple days to figure out what he's going to do with the rest of his career. Uh, it's, it's wild. You know, it, it, that's, and that's the real issue. It's listen, you can make your mandates, but can we get it across the board that it's, it's, it's equal, you know, not just based on, on what, what it's really based upon is money, keeping, yes. keeping these governing bodies fat and happy, which is what it always comes down to. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just a, a, a disservice to the sport. And, it makes the fighters listen. I was a champion and, and, and I was burned by some governing bodies too. It makes you not, not, not cherish the title as much. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's not, it's not a good look. It's not a good business. It's not a, it's not good for the sport. Um, it's not good for the champions themselves who are misrepresented oftentimes by these governing bodies and mistreated. Uh, this is, this is definitely a mistreatment of Haney, but from boxing fans perspective, it's two good fights. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, exactly. like, I would like to see Haney in both of them. Yeah, it's like we've seen some mistreatment. We've seen some horrible mandatories where you're like, oh, God, really? But at least these, at least for this deadline, it's like, all right, so of course, Stevenson versus Haney. We want to see that. Haney versus Progray may not be number one on your list, but I wouldn't mind seeing that at 140. But just to go back to your point, too, with like different rules and fighters being mistreated, it's the very top guys that don't get mistreated, like Fury, zero mandatories, which allows him to fight an Nganu 
not, uh, you know, not title on the line, title not on the line. Canelo, uh, in this same interview that Suleiman did, um, says that he doesn't have to have a mandatory till March 2024. Where did that date come from? Jamal Charlo has not fought since June 2021. He has not been stripped. So it's very frustrating and really hard for f- casual fans, hardcore fans to kind of follow along with these ridiculous um, deadlines that they said the WBC. But going back to the main topic, Haney, should he fight Shakur 135? Should he fight Pro Great 140? One thing I do not like, and I'm seeing this on social media, is Haney goes up to 140 to fight Pro Great. They've been going back and forth on Twitter. Uh, they're talking about an October date, maybe a November date. Um, seems like that might be the move for Haney. Somehow, this is now a duck. Devin Haney is now ducking Dude. guys at 135 to fight Regis Progre in his first fight at 140, a title fight, a tricky southpaw. That just shows you the health of the sport is in a really good spot because his first fight at 140 could be against Regis Progre where it's not like a soft touch or anything. So I don't understand that. I just think that's fans being fans because fans – the word fan is short for fanatical, Chris. Fanatical knuckleheads who don't know anything about anything. It's ridiculous. <laughs> These guys, they love those certain words, duck. They love ducking. They love ducking. They love calling exposed. dick. They love, they love exposed. Robbery. Uh, you know, avoiding robbery. This is, it's so ridiculous. These guys, I mean, listen, he's moving up to 140. First time fighting the weight class. And he's talking about fighting a current champion who's a southpaw and a puncher who prior to his last performance was the baddest guy at 140. And th- that's, that's boxing, right? It's what have you done for me lately? And he didn't look great in his last fight, self-admitted by, by Regis Progray. But uh, the day before that fight, everyone's like, Oh man, he's the most avoided guy. Nobody wants to fight him. Now Haney's going after him. And now it's a duck. It's amazing. <laughs> it's also, it's amazing for a number of reasons. It's like Haney last year was the bell of the ball. He was the guy. He's just coming off of that win over Cambosos. He took less money, even though he really didn't. Uh, He went to top rank. He gave up a lot of things to get in the driver's seat, beat Cambosos. Not only that, beat him again in Australia. Everyone was looking at him as the example. They were looking at him as this is how young fighters should handle their business. Now, fast forward, he's getting dragged because he's not fighting Tank. I don't see an offer made from Tank Davis's side. The guy literally just got out of jail. Um, he's not fine. Tiafimo Lopez. We don't know if, if, what, what's going on with that offer. What I do like from Haney too, is, is the maneuvering that him and his, his father have done in his young career. You can't deny that. So if he goes up to 140 and he fights pro gray in his first fight, which a rational fan will say, Oh, that is a tough fight. No matter how you slice it, even coming off of pro gray's, uh, bad, um, performance in, in his last fight. So if he snags the title at 140, suddenly a fight with Tiafimo. Next year, a unification bout becomes even bigger. So I feel like the Haney's have a plan and he's in the driver's seat. That's what happens when you take risks and you become the belt holder. He might not be the financial guy because I think that's tank, but he's a shot caller. Devin Haney's a shot caller, and I don't see any problem with, with fighting Progre next. The Haney's always have a plan. They, they're, th- the career has been well orchestrated. And even the way he maneuvers in the ring, I mean, it's, it's just, it's it, the whole thing goes together. The way they, they control the narrative, they get the narrative out. There's like, Oh, he made less money. No, no, he didn't. He, you know, he's, he's going over there. He's doing this. Eh, he's going to be the guy anyway. You know, it's like, it's, there's all these, these narratives that could put out there and they're controlling the media quite well. It's, it's almost like a political move. Uh, <laughs> the, the way the Haney's are dealing with, with the boxing world. And I mean, it is politics, but they're doing it masterfully. And like you said, they're in the driver's seat. He's undisputed. 
Uh, he's coming off a, a, a win, a very controversial one against Lomachenko, but a win's a win uh, on the record books that he has a win over, over Vasily Lomachenko. Can't take that away. It is what it is. Um, moving forward, you know, so uh, that's, that, that's a big deal. Yeah, the kid's in the driver's seat. He can do what he wants. He's coming into the new weight class. He's going to be not necessarily the top dog, but he's still a big dog. You know, he's coming undefeated still, still has his O, got the, the undisputed title. Uh, which you'll have to obviously relinquish and they'll go out if he are if he is to move out to 140, which I think he will. I think he would have stuck around for Tank. I don't think he's going to stick around for Shakur. Um, I think there's a lot of good fights for him at 140. And I said even before Progress last fight, I thought that the Progress fight was going to be the move for Devin Haney. Stylistically, it's a it's a it's a good matchup for Haney. Progress even prior to that last fight where he had a lot of trouble with a guy who moved and jabbed and countered, he's had that problem before. It's not the first time that 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 was. I hate to use the word exposed about progress, uh, progress, um, ability like and, and his technique. Taney would be a good matchup. Yeah. Like there, there are weaknesses. Every fighter has a weakness and, yeah. and so does Haney. Be... and progress yeah. actually matches up pretty well for his weaknesses as well. So, uh, it, it's, it's a good fight. It's a very good yeah. fight. Is it the fight? Is it the number one fight? I want to see Haney. And no, I would probably rank it fourth. Obviously tanks, number one, uh, T female two, Shakur three, Pro grade fourth, but it's still a, a, an intriguing fight. And you know that match room is going to lay out some dollars <laughs> uh, to get some subscribers back to the zone and, and keep that match room USA um, platform uh, rolling. So that's the latest with, with Haney. Also, Shakur is now like using the WBO too to try to become mandatory number one contender. He's applying a lot of pressure, Shakur. Uh, I like that from him. I'm just like happy that we're, we're these is all, all these fights are being discussed. Like we're seeing Haney with a pro with pro grade. We're seeing Shakur in, in there. We're getting closer and closer to them all f eventually fighting because that's the movement that we're seeing right now uh, in, in the sport. So I, I think that's a good thing. Uh, however, however it plays out. Another thing too, lastly, before we move on to the next topic, it's like, let's see who uh, Haney's contemporaries will all be fighting before we call him a duck. Like who's tank going to fight in his first fight since, since um, Ryan, who's Tfimo going to fight in his first defense? Or if he does fight this year at all, who's Shakur going to get in the ring with him? Because it seems like he has a tough time finding opponents. If you go by the comparison of your contemporaries, come on, Haney versus Progray is better than what everyone else is doing around his weight class. The only fight that I can see that would be better than Haney versus uh, versus uh, Progray for for the contemporaries, like you said, would be if Shakur was able to get Lomachenko in there, which I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I think Lomachenko's really? I, gonna... could think, I could see that happening. Yeah, I just don't think, I think timing-wise, I think Lomachenko's going to need a longer camp. You know, the, hmm. the older guys take longer. He's just coming off the, the fight with with Haney. I'm sure he's got a lot of soul-searching to do. Um, or you might be one of those guys who's pissed and jumps right back in the in, who knows? But I think I think I think a guy at his his level is probably going to take some time. So maybe we see that in the fall, late fall, November-ish, something like that. Um, I could see that but not right away. Like we're looking at, you know, here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I, 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 I like that fight. We've been, we've been talking about that fight on this show for a while. I thought that fight, would, I, I see that Shakur fight Lama? happening pretty soon. Yeah. Shakur well, if Haney Lama. moves up to 140, the, the belts relinquish and Shakur has got his spot. And so does Lomachenko. Like they will fight mm -hmm. uh, for WBC title. And I Great think fight. That's an Great awesome match. fight. That's, I that's think a lot of people are going to avoid Shakur in general, just based on his style, based on his age, based on he's not the money guy like all these other guys yet. He's very, very dangerous for not as much money. You know, when you've got these other guys, Tank is the money guy, obviously. But, he, yeah. you know, Tank's very dangerous. But, you know, the risk reward on that one. Um, you know, Lomachenko's Lomachenko. He's a legend, living legend. And then Haney's got all them belts. I mean, these are all money guys. And then Tio, Tio's he's the wild one. card. 
He's the wild card. He's always the wild card. He's the wild card even when he's the man. Because <laughs> <laughs> he can retire. He can retire and come this? back in a month. I know you're more of a threads guy. You're not really a Twitter guy. But um, I posted a video of Tom Holland. Um, first off, do you know who Tom Holland is, Chris? I don't. He is the actor that plays that played Spider-Man. Very okay. big actor. Young okay. guy. He was in both all the Spider-Mans. Um, big boxing fan. He is a huge Vasily Lomachenko fan. He went on a podcast that's not a boxing podcast, and they brought up boxing. He talked about how he trains. He goes to that's church cool. street gym, Tom Holland, our, our oh, gym. Right. We do a lot of content there. So he's going on and on about how Lomachenko won. I thought he won, and he should get a rematch. But the thing with boxing is we don't get rematches. That's why UFC is better. Tom Holland says all that. I posted on, on Twitter, and it, it, people are retweeting it like crazy. Devin Haney quote tweets it and says, I always had a thing for Zendaya. Zendaya is Tom Holland's girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> yikes. So that was my day yesterday. I'm in the middle of a love triangle, um, Haney, Tom Holland's, and Daya Lomachenko. So a square, a love rectangle. I love how Haney goes right for the jugular. <laughs> and I was showing everyone here at the office, and they're Dude. like, man, these boxers are, are savages. They don't hold anything back in the ring, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's just like a savage world the boxing world. but you have to because this twitter is just full of people that are so venomous you have to come back with, you gotta come out with your claws you gotta come right out with the worst and you you can't hold any punches because that's why you're a threads guy it's yeah, a little these, these, over there yeah it's, it's 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 cooler everybody's everybody's like there to learn something i can post my inspirational quotes and people are like yeah that's that. cool man I can talk trash about people in the gym because people don't understand what gym gym life is supposed to be like. Well, that's your, your latest thread was the gym is not a place of fun. No, it's, not, no, it's a work. You got to come in. You shouldn't don't hang out in the gym. Get the work done. Get the hell out. Go right. home and recover. I that's just I, I don't like the guys the hanger ons who are who chat during their their workout, chat after their workout. Come get out of here, man. It's it's, it's hot. Go home. Yeah. All right. Next up, Tiafimo Lopez out of retirement. The shortest retirement known to man. Uh, the shortest retirement in boxing history. We've seen some really short ones. Uh, about a month. Uh, he tells Paco over at the WBO that keep my belt warm because I ain't relinquishing it and I ain't retiring. We said this before. We were not really convinced that he was going to retire. It's one thing to send a text to the WBO and say that, um, you know, I'm giving up my belt, but it's another thing to put pen to paper and really re- relinquish it. And then you would have Barboza fighting, I think, Jose Ramirez or something like that for Tiafimo's title or Haney getting in the mix with Shakur. And Tiafimo was like, no, that ain't happening. I'm back. Um, not shocked by this at all, but it's always good to have Tiafimo in the mix. The Tiafimo show rolls on. I want to see him fight this year. Don't know exactly who he'll fight, but Tiafimo's back. And I think that's good. No, it's great. I mean, it's great for the sport. Tiafimo. Aside from the fact that he's super talented and he's a fantastic fighter, he's coming off a humongous win, one of the best of his career. Um, you know, he's he's a character. He 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 he's a he's a whirlwind of of drama leading up to a fight, and people people love that stuff. People want to hear about that. People want to see it. I do too. I love I love Tiafimo fight weeks. I've I worked a lot of his a lot of his fights for for Top Rank International. I, I've been around the fight weeks, and it's it's a it's mania. <laughs> it's up and down and in and out. It's crazy. You never know what's going to happen. And then on fight night, he puts in fantastic performances most of the time, especially when he fights tough guys. So yeah, no, he's very good for the sport and for a lot of reasons. Um, it, he he, it, it's hard not to be drawn to him and his story. Uh, and it, and if you're not paying attention to him, he's going to do something wacky. So you do. <laughs> That's that this kind of guy. Wacky. 
Even his yeah. retirement was wacky. Even his wacky. retirement, people talking. And I saw him at the Spence uh, Crawford press conference a few weeks back, and uh, he was holding court. And I looked over at Ronnie. I was like, hey, look over there. Does that look like a retired fighter? And he's like, no. no. He was talking about this guy, that guy, that opponent, Tank. He was talking about Haney. And that was the, the story last weekend. And it, the boxing news cycle moved so damn fast that we were talking about Tiafimo Haney because they were interacting on, on Twitter. This goes back to show you how Haney really is in the driver's seat because he has so many opponents uh, gunning for him. I like a Tiafimo Haney fight. I think it could be made by ESPN. Neither of them are pay-per-view superstars. Neither of them are great ticket sellers. So they have similar values. It probably comes down to ego. Probably comes down to what Tiafimo thinks he deserves which versus his actual worth. Or Haney staying, um, you know, the same thing with Haney as well. I, I'm the man at 135 and I'm going up to 140. Who knows if that fight gets made? Maybe Tiafimo takes a fight with Jose Ramirez, who was ranked uh, pretty high at W in the in the WBO rankings. Uh, but Tiafimo's back. Um, will we see him this year? Because his manager, David McWhorter, had a classic quote: um, "He's not giving up his belt, but he also might retire." <laughs> so it just shows you, like, those are back to our main point too with the rules of these sanctioning bodies. Different sanctioning body, WBO, same funky rules. So he might retire, but he's keeping, he's holding on to that belt, which sucks for the other guys at 140, but they'll all wait in line because they want to get that belt. He's not retiring. He, he's he's coming back. He's gonna, he's there's so many big fights for him to listen. One of the major reasons that he wanted to retire was money. Where else are you going to make the kind of money that you're 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 right in line to make now? You know, I actually think uh, that Teofimo is probably one of the more underpaid guys at that talent level, but he's got some huge opportunities on the horizon huge. now. Huge. And he can well, make generational money uh, in just a couple fights with, with all the names that are swirling around the weight class. I'm not a divorce lawyer, but there were some uh, theories rolling around that he was going to sit out and not make another payday while he's in a bitter divorce because then he's going to have to share that with the wife. Like, listen, I, I, these are just things I read on the internet. I, I'm, I'm in no shape. That's definitely speculation. That is that's that, that, that's speculation that's, at that's, its finest. Yeah, that's speculation potentially. Cap. Uh, cap. It's, yeah, I would. Uh, we don't do cap on this show. It's a no cap show. It's no cap anymore. It's <laughs> for real, for real show. On God, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. What am I doing? Wow. Uh, let's move on. Um, 8 a.m. Chris, Tuesday morning. We have an actual ring walk time. In a way, Fulton is here. This is our last podcast before this fight, but there is a preview on our YouTube page right now. Go check it out. In a way, Fulton, all that is right with boxing, an intriguing matchup. If In a way wins, you, you can pencil him in as the number one pound for pound guy, maybe for a few days. If Fulton wins, hmm. he jumps into the top five. Ful uh, in a way, moving up in weight. Uh, will his power translate to another weight class? Fulton, a bigger guy, trying to solidify himself. So many storylines. Great fight in Japan where it belongs, not here in the U.S., where they actually support these guys. I'm excited for this fight. We'll be up. We'll have a podcast directly after the fight. 8 a.m., Chris. Kegs and eggs. Let's go. I'm jacked. I'm going to be there with my uh, probably my mimosa watching the fight. All excited. Um and then, yeah, we'll be talking about it afterwards. This fight's awesome. We've like we've we've done our previews. We talked about it a ton. It's a fight that we've been very excited about for the past year, year or so. Uh, well, I guess it's the end of last year. So that's eight, eight or nine months we've been talking about this fight. And it looked like we were going to lose this fight. And then Fulton dared to be great and decided yes. to stay in the weight class, wait around for, for, for the biggest fight possible at the lighter weights against NOA. Uh, the fight got pushed back. So we we're, we're had the opportunity to, to lose it again, and but now it's on, and it's the same week as as 
Crawford Spence, like you mentioned, uh, I mean, implications for pound for pound that week is going to be off the charts. Like it's, you can't even have a pound for pound right now. You got to wait for that week. You can't <laughs> you have they, to wait. Yeah. You if have to, you have wins, to wait. If in a way wins, he might be pound for pound. Number one, you can make that case, but it's only going to be for, on how he wins. Yeah. It's yeah, only going to be a few days because the winner of Spence Crawford, in my opinion, not that I subscribe to pound for pound list would be number one. I do like who's number one. I do like who's in the top five. I think in a way in the top five. Um, I love it. Should we, I don't know if I even want to touch on this topic, but I'm going to, I want to get your thoughts and it, it ties into some more stuff with media. And so fight hype puts out, um, they have a, a guy there, Sean Z- Zytel or Sean Zytel. You've done interviews with him. He, he's a good, I know Sean. yeah, he's really good. Really good guy. Really good reporter. So, loves the sport. He apparently was on a um, YouTube live and it was like a two hour thing. This is a small snippet. And he is insinuating basically that the delay in the fight from May till now is a little suspect because in a way tweeted that he doesn't like drawing blood for PED testing Mm. two times in one week in a way tweeted. I don't like he was pretty much complaining about being drug tested. And then uh, this guy at Fight Hype says that Inoue is is arrogant. He's spoiled. He likes everyone to kiss his ass in Japan. That's why he doesn't leave Japan. I met him here in, in Vegas, and he wasn't nice to the media. I don't like that aspect of what uh, he was insinuating. Basically, in a minute-long clip, he was insinuating that it's a little suspect that the fight got moved, um, insinuating PED usage or kind of like dancing around it without any facts. And I hate that it has gained steam on online because that's in a way has never failed the test and he never stopped being tested during the delay. So th- this fight is everything like we said, everything that's pure about the sport, but there are some tricklings of PED usage for in a way, even though it's baseless. Pissed me I mean, off. Yeah. Whenever you got a guy as dominant he is and, and he carries the power from weight class to weight class, the way that he has, it always gets brought up, but there. That's really only the only reason that has been speculated. There's, there's, I mean, now we're talking about this. I don't want to give blood during training. Like, I understand that giving blood during training twice in a week. Listen, drug testing sucks. I, I random drug testing in the middle of, I've been, I've been doing uh, laps in a pool and, and Wada or Vada or somebody showed up and they're like, all right, well, it's time for you. I'm like, well, you're going to have to wait until my workout's done. But yeah, okay. You, you, and they, and then they sit there and they watch you train and then you get out and you have to give blood and urine. Um, Listen, during training camp, training camp's not fun, man. It, it's it's hard work. You're you're stressed, and the last thing you want to do is give your give your veins to somebody when you're dehydrated. They come show up as far, and you're dehydrated. Now they got to stick a, vein, a needle in you. It's not fun. Listen, we do it because we want a clean sport. We do it because we 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 want everyone to understand that who we are is what we are, um, or what we are is who we are. Anyway, mm, but um, it. yeah, I don't I don't. I don't know. I, I think this this seems more like speculation. Than anything just because of his performances and how how you know how he's carried the power. Otherwise, I mean, talking about just complaining about giving blood, I I don't think that's anything. Right. He he said he tweeted it was like lost in translation. Tweeting that like twice in a week. Oh man, that's that's annoying. Which like you just said, no one would want to do that. But he is signed up to the random testing. He's never failed the test. He was tested during the delay. It was just an awkward moment from a really good reporter. Um, over at fight hype and i don't like the you know the linking of him not wanting to do media to him being arrogant like we like i've been snubbed by fighters constantly like it doesn't stop me from talking about how great they are doesn't stop me from i wouldn't i wouldn't hold a personal grudge like even lomachenko 
uh, after the Tfimo fight, went on for weeks, Chris, talking about how CompuBox sucks and I can do better. They're wrong. Just going off on CompuBox. Do I hold a grudge over Lomachenko? No, because no. it's not how you should operate. Anyway, that's a small part of this fight. I don't think it's it's going to gain any more traction. I want to talk about the actual fight. To me, in this fight, the biggest factor, I want to see if you agree with me, is in a way's power, will it carry to 126? Because Fulton is easily the biggest fighter that he's ever fought, and Fulton can bully him with size. So I want to see if Inouye can land a big right. How is Fulton going to handle that? And if Fulton can handle it, is he going to use his size and bully Inouye? That makes this fight really intriguing. Definitely the biggest fighter, not the biggest puncher, though. Donaire was definitely the biggest puncher that Inouye mm-hmm. faced, um, and he took some of those shots, broke his orbital in that first fight, and powered through to to, to get the win. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually think the power is going to be fine. I, I don't think it's going to be as shocking at the weight, especially with a guy like Fulton, who's really big for the weight class. Um, but I, I think even in a way, his power, if you really look at it, power is a funny thing because a lot of different types, he's got that kind of thudding break you down power that generally can, can travel up. Um, and if, and if he can put hands on, on, on Fulton and keep hands on him, I think he'll be able to break him down the way he does everyone else. Um, I, but again, I don't think it's going to be super shocking where Fulton gets hit in the first round. It's like, Oh no. Um, so yeah, that, that, that I think early on, it's going to be really, um, really, I'm going to be on edge seeing like, all right, how's, how's Fulton going to take the punch? Is the, is the punch going to be there? Um, I don't think it's going to be that shocking early on. I think, I think Fulton is going to be savvy enough to not get hit with anything too big early on. And even when he does, I think he's big enough to take it, uh, big enough, tough enough. Um, I don't, I, I don't know, but you never know. He is yeah, the monster Fulton, for a reason. He is the monster for a reason. He's got thudding power and we're going to see if it will translate at 126. But Fulton um, has kind of changed his style up over the last couple of fights. The Andrew Leo fight was his breakout and he threw a hundred punches around before that he was sitting in the 50s. So he doubled his output. You saw the fight against Figueroa. Throwing 100 punches around routinely. A volume puncher. Will Fulton throw 100 punches around versus Inouye? No. Absolutely not. You can't. That would be not a good idea. I but say it all the time. Combination punchers get hit. And when you got a guy like Inouye who's who's that dangerous, you cannot be getting hit. Yeah, so Fulton's walking that tightrope. Like 60 to 70 punches, maybe 50 to 60 range. He has to win this fight by outboxing Inouye. But it's going to be difficult for him because as a volume puncher now going up against a really ferocious counter puncher and, and and power guy it's like a a mental thing like you you have to go out there and, and take those rounds but you have to do so being cautious and not overselling that's interesting too well there's no question he has to fight a perfect fight I, I can see it. I, I've, I've analyzed both these fighters and watched a bunch of their last fights recently, last week, and going over, you know, past the victory for both men. I can see the path to victory for, for Stephen Fulton, um, but he has to fight a perfect fight because, in a way, is a very, very dangerous guy. He's fundamentally perfect. He does everything right. His counters are great. He's got good speed, good hand speed, good combination punching, good body puncher, good counter puncher. He does it literally at all. Stephen Fulton needs to be either all the way out on the outside and boxing and moving and using his lateral movement or all the way inside. Fulton's actually the, the superior inside fighter. 
He's fantastic from that little Philly shell where he can roll and he's got a great uppercut on the inside. He doesn't get hit too much. He stays, he lets his hands go on the inside while still being defensively cautious, where in a way tends to sometimes can kind of freeze up on the inside, not let his hands go or throw one shot at a time. So Fulton being all the way out using the length and reach advantage that he has over in a way, or being all the way inside and using his, his stylistic uh, uh, advantages on the inside, I can see a path to victory. But even with all that being said, he still has to fight perfect because that in-between range, that middle distance, in a way, is a destroyer. I mean, his his power, his hand speed, his combination punching, and then he builds. Once he gets momentum, once he catches you with something, he follows up. He smells blood. He's got blood in the water, and he he turns into a shark. Yeah, he's got a lot of knockouts, uh, a lot of consecutive knockouts. Um, looking at the odds on this fight, Stephen Fulton, plus 250 underdog are you surprised Ooh. by that? i think that's wide it's a little wide that's that might be that might be make me dig into my pocket i might throw a little money sprinkle. on fulton throw a little, little money throw a little money on fulton as much as i'm saying what i'm saying I'm like i see a path to victory i think in is gonna win it's my official pick in a way decision um there will be some moments where in pushed i just think he's just too too much power uh too dynamic just a a little bit of a better talent than Fulton. I think it'll be a great fight. I think Fulton will have a great account of himself. He'll go back, come back to the States with his head held high and he can go up. And his pocket's uh, a little fatter. Pocket's really fatter. Um, yeah, I, my official pick is, is in a way decision. Um, but I can see a, a lot of different things happening outside of Fulton knocking in a way down or out. Yeah, that would be the most surprising of, uh, of the group. I also am taking in a way. I just think he, I think he really is like that good. I think he's a top pound for pound guy. And not to take anything away from Fulton, I just think that in a way, I think the in a way train's unstoppable. I see it going to the decision. Um, but yeah, I, I, listen, I'm, I, I, I'm rooting for both men. It would be an awesome, awesome upset for for Fulton to get it. But I'm, I'm going with in a way. That being said, I still might throw money on that plus 250. Well, that's the thing. It's like, that's how gambling works. Like, I tweeted out yesterday, like, Fulton 250, mm-hmm. Sprinkle. Like, yeah. no way. In a way, you can lose. I was like, that's gambling. Like, gambling yes. is like, I, I think in a way he's going to win, but I'm also going to hedge it with throwing some money on Fulton because that's, that's a live dog. And, and Spence, and like, I'm also a compulsive, <laughs> problematic <not> better. <laughs> I've, I've gotten worse since working here and working with, with DraftKings. I always I've bet, noticed. I always <laughs> I've, bet with I've my head, not over it. I With my head, not over it. Uh, and also Spence is a underdog. Plus 120. I got on that one weeks ago. I yeah, think I got, got that early. Like, I have my DraftKings open right now. I got, um, I it's like a future. Um, I got Spence at plus 110, and right now he – oh, he's actually wider. I had Spence at plus 110 a few weeks ago, and right now Spence is oh, – no, our producer, Robbie, who's uh, sitting in for Ronnie's – who are you putting money on, Rob? Oh, you just said Spence, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll take Spence. <laughs> Rob's taking Spence. Okay, good. I'm I'm now influencing uh, the, the masses here. Um, what's Spence now? Uh, Spence is plus 120. Oh, yeah, so he's grown a little bit. A little, yeah. I'm curious because because the uh, the uh, the Showtime show the uh, the All Access is mm. out. Did you see me on it? I did. I mean, you were the star of the second episode. I I hope I you're. That, I hope bro. you're getting some greenbacks for that, buddy. Come on. I was man. on for um like. Did point you sign a release? Yeah, I signed an NDA not to talk about it. Oh, um, okay. I met with all the guys at Showtime. Uh, luckily, there's not a third episode because I would have been the the probably took it over at that yeah. point. I mean, if <laughs> you basically took over the second episodes, it was the talk of the town. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, but they're doing a great job. Um, 
Actually, I want to get your thoughts on this before we say goodbye. Spence Crawford. Coming up. Um, they are playing nice because they are gentlemen. They seem to have a fondness for each other, a respect level. And Crawford's even saying, like, you don't have to, you don't have to sit there and talk trash about your opponent in order to sell pay-per-views. I'm interested to see if how this will work. I don't think it's on Showtime. I don't think it's on PBC in terms of the the lack of of promotion or where you think this promotion stands right now. I want to see if this works. I want to see if people will buy a pay-per-view just to see two all-time greats battle it out. Or do we need like a Tank Ryan level of side bets and ridiculousness? I don't know. Uh, I'm curious to see how this fight does uh, because it's that was one thing that was holding it up was what is it? How big is this fight really? But I do think the promotion is is lacking a little bit. And I don't think it's because of Showtime or PBC. I think it's because of just the nature of these two guys. Yeah, I mean, neither one of these guys are a breakout brash talking type guy. They also have a lot of respect for each other, which they both said. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that is, I mean, Spence never talks. He's just. He just goes out there and he smiles and he says whatever. He's got his little quips. He's got his good little comebacks here and there. But, you know, he's very monotone in the way he talks. And he just kind of puts it out there and shrugs his shoulders a lot and smiles. And and Crawford, um, he can. He can talk. He can get a little nasty. But he, he saves it for the ring. He talks in the ring. And I mean, literally speaks to his opponents while he's fighting them. Um, not a whole lot in between, you know, beforehand. He's not a super marketable guy. Never really has been. I, I think this promotion falls on guys like you and I because we're excited about the fight. The, the real boxing fans are so excited about this fight. They're going to tell their friends. They're going to tell the casuals. They're going to tell, hey, man, you, you just did it. You just showed – you just talked about betting. He's like, yeah. who are we betting for? Who, who's who's – oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So now you got an, you got a, another person who wants to know what the outcome of this fight's going to be. And I, I think it's going to fall on the, on, on the real fans to, to pull people in because um, anyone who knows anything about boxing is excited about this fight and knows how, how big this, this potentially could be. I sure hope so. I really do. Um, I hope that fights can be promoted by just two greats going at it for pound for pound supremacy. You know, not delving into some uh, not that not that the Tank Ryan promotion got like foul or anything. It no, just it didn't get silly different. at all. It was it was a, it was it a was good promotion. Different. It was, just it was different. different. Yeah, this one's about like real box generational stuff. Like you can place this fight, uh, Spence Crawford in the eighties and it would fit in just fine. I'm curious. Uh, we'll, I'm excited. We're going to be there. We're going to be in Vegas. Uh, we got the nod uh, that we're going. <laughs> we're staying at the Park MGM. Um, I think that's oh, next to T-Mobile. Love that one. Uh, I've, I've stayed there before. Yeah, we're going to be doing all sorts of stuff. I have a podcast on Tuesday after Fulton, in a way. We'll have a show Thursday after the press conference, Friday after the weigh-in, post-fight show Saturday, and then all sorts of short-form content on our social media and ppv.com social media. Chris, are you ready for that? Uh, I'm, I'm getting there, man. I got I got some I got some work to do first. I mean, we got I, I got to get I got to get past Fulton in a way. I got to get past that fight. But also enjoy it though. Yeah, no, I don't mean past it like like I, I want it in the rear view. I'm like cuz I'm like I'm so excited for that. I can't even think I so fighter mentality just just uh, Dan, you know and and for the people at home when we have a fight on Saturday night, like if I'm fighting on Saturday night, Sunday doesn't exist. Right. I, there is no Sunday for me. I don't like people try to make plans at the fight. Say, hey, after the fight, let's do this. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not thinking about that. So that's kind of how I think about these big fights. We got to see Fulton anyway. Like, all right, Tuesday. <laughs> that's yep. that's the next step. I can't think about it afterwards. As soon as that's done, I'll be excited about our trip. <laughs> yep. We're going to Vegas and we'll have a ton of content. That's it. 
I hope the fans enjoy this great run that we're on um, Tuesday morning. Even this weekend with Cambosos in action, Keyshawn Davis in action. You'll be on the call. I will be there. I will be there for a top-ranked international. Oklahoma to Vegas to Florida. To uh, Tampa. I got Kissimmee next week. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm You're all over the place, bro. Moving and grooving, baby. Moving and grooving. You're media mogul. That's it for us. Uh, protect yourselves at all times. Keep your hands up at all times. Thank you to Robbie Sirocco for stepping in for, for Mr. Ronnie Jerez. And stay out of those DMs. We're out. <laughs>